Welcome to JoJo's World. Morning, everyone. I'm uh, Liam S. Smith. I'm one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other co-host. <laughs> a bit of a false start there where we didn't start recording properly. Yeah, I thought the mic was turned on. Turns out, no, not at all. That's fine, though. We didn't get too far in. Today, we watched episode three of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure titled Youth with Dio. It went off. This is, I think, sort of the end of the prologue of the, sh- the part one Phantom Blood, as well as the rest of the conflict as a whole. Yeah, so it's like leading on to the entirety of everything else. Yeah, so this is when the petty feud between Dio and Jonathan stops being so petty and starts to affect, if not Jonathan's entire life and his descendants' lives, then the fate of the world. Yeah, it's kind of getting a bit out of hand with like... Because Dio is now vampiric, which we'll get to, don't you worry. And uh, Jonathan somehow is just filled with determination, isn't he? Yeah, Jonathan becomes like a sort of Victorian man of action in this episode. (laughs) A Victorian action man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's gotten very bizarre suddenly. You might say that. Bizarre and adventurous. (laughs) We open where we left off last time with Dio entering the Joestar Manor and Jonathan's there with a candelabra and he's like, you're a poisoner, Dio Brando. Best insult. (laughs) Just tells you what you're trying to say. (laughs) And then uh, immediately after that, we cut to the opening sequence again. Because why wouldn't we? We'll do that every episode. Uh, I guess I'm going to try to like, as we reach things that happen in it symbolically or otherwise, just sort of spotlight what's going on there. Okay. So we have some pretty literal depictions in this episode. (laughs) Uh, We see Dio putting on the stone mask and being shot by some cops. Okay. The window he falls through shatters, and in the reflections of one of the pieces of glass, we see Jonathan cradling a dying George. No one can possibly know that that's coming up in this episode. Yeah. I, that's why it made me laugh last week when you were like, I think George is going to pull through. <laughs> well, I thought, like, George would pull through because it's like, yes, a father's will, a son's determination. But no, no, he, yeah. Actually, it's kind of a, it's in a lot of media, I guess it's more common to use the death of the mother to inspire the son. Yeah. I think it's because, like, whenever you see the death of a mother, you're like, oh, but she was so pure and innocent. Yeah. In this, it's like, no, the mother's already dead. But also, they sort of take a sort of George was so pure and innocent route with this, uh, too. No, George was sort of like a man's man, you know, where he's like, look, I did treat you pretty rough, but at the same time, I know where you came from. But, like, we get that flashback later that proves, like, he's, he's pure of heart. Yeah, he's pure of heart. But also, I guess counterpoint to that there has only been one female speaking character in this show so far (laughs) it's not at all a guy's show but there's a lot of dudes over the years there's been like some comments about this as sort of norms have progressed and not so much at this stage but in the next part for example the author commented that like i had a couple of female characters i wanted to do more with but because it was in a young boy's publication they sort of pressured me to focus it more on the dudes yeah Oh, that's a shame. Mm, so, sort of attitudes at the time, I think. Yeah. I also suppose, like, if it's, what was it, 18... Well, this was something. Publishing time, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, if it's set in this time, sexism was pretty rife. Yeah. So, like, but... a lot of the women that would be, you know, in houses would be, like, the maids or something. And then the guys would be all like, ha, ha, ha. Well, sure, play but football. look at, like, 
Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, true. You, you can, can just put them in. And this is a pretty heightened reality, so yeah. you can probably get away with whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you have vampires and zombies in the same timeline, you can get away with a lot of things. Yeah. So, Dio sort of takes an innocent tact. He's like, Jojo, I came back to turn myself in. If I wanted to go away, you would have never seen from me again. And he says the most beautiful line of, I regret all of my life choices. Yeah. And then, like, flash, I regret none of my life choices. How dare you accuse me of such horrifying things. Yeah, it's like one of those crazy monologues where he's looking at Jonathan with a really pained, regretful expression. But then... When we cut to his monologue, it suddenly shifts to, like, a vengeful expression. And he's like, I just need to lure you in and use the mask and knife on you. He's just, he goes from, like, totally innocent and so genuine to just, yeah, he's a monster. He's just a monster. He also tries to blame his monstrousness on his upbringing. Yes. But that is very quickly cut away by Enter Ario Speedwagon. Who somehow got in the mansion without anyone else knowing. Did I mention in this recording that... As of the start of the episode, you think Dio is alone in this room, but basically by the end of this episode, which mostly takes place in this room, you find out there's like a dozen people there in the shadows. Yeah, there's... Well, I mean, we'll find out who it is. So, yeah, there's like a dozen people. Jonathan was holding the candelabra in the darkness, and as Speedwagon entered, it reveals he was also in the darkness, and like, <laughs> he lit up a match and was like, Hello, hello, I'm Speedwagon. <laughs> I was noting down, like, some lines from the dub that I thought were particularly choice, and I realised that, apart from one or two, they're basically all Speedwagon, because he just has the most amazing manner of speech. You were saying, like, he has a more Cockney accent as well. Yeah, yeah, but also he has a lot more of, like, figures of speech or, like, vocal tics that you will find in, like, a lower-class English person, too. Like, in this line, I'm about to use an example... He, when he appears, he's like, Look alive, Master Joestar. He's trying to lure you in, like as not. <laughs> right in about now, you're probably wondering who I am. Allow me to elucidate you. <laughs> elucidate? Elucidate you. Wow. Wow. Did they even know what the word elucidate meant? On probably. The... Oh, man. Well, he's not quite using it correctly, I don't think. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, so he reveals that... um He's Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah, he... Well, I guess in this, he finally introduces himself because yeah. in the subs we watched last week, he didn't. Yeah, he was just kind of a guy on the street. Yeah. And now he's actually a named character that's a good guy Yeah, like, he, well, he's, his wicked ways were redeemed by being kicked really hard. True. So, from this point on, like, I guess over the course of part one, Jonathan basically comes to embody, like, the sort of virtuous knight archetype. And... Speedwagon, to some regard, sort of becomes like his manservant, or like, I guess you could call him like a squire, even though... A squire. Yeah, like over the course of the part, he comes to carry some things that Jonathan uses. Uh, And I think, had what happens next episode not rendered him largely obsolete in a committing violence sense... Okay. You'll get to that next week. All right. Next fortnight. I think you would see him also bailing Jonathan out of situations by using his cunning and like streetwise toughness because that's a very common sort of archetype for servants with these sort of stories i think Mm. he's sort of like a more street smart jeeves in a way a street smart jeeves yeah like not actual jeeves who we had being like oh i'm too old to take it no no but like jeeves from jeeves and worcester you know like or of ask jeeves fame (laughs) (laughs) i know ask jeeves jeeves the white house books it's basically like bertie worcester is this like idiotic rich man who gets into a lot of scrapes and his brilliant valet Jeeves uses his knowledge to unpin him. 
He also reminds me a bit of like, have you ever read um, or seen the BBC miniseries Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? If I said no, would you think any less of me? No. Then no. <laughs> so in that, Mr. Norrell, who's like a very insular magician, has this really like street smart, gruff manservant who sort of does all his dirty work for him. And I see a lot of him in Speedwagon and vice versa. Yeah. So he sort of follows the same sort of, not like stereotype, but that sort of like, He's like behavior. Yeah, you know, like, the archetype of, like, the lower-class servant who is actually more cunning than the... Because he's been on the streets and has yeah. all the experience and stuff. Yeah. And I guess I, there's, there are probably, like, a lot of literary examples that escape me right now. I, I bet, like, it's been a long time since I've read The Three Musketeers, but I bet, like, D'Artagnan's manservant is pretty cunning in that. Probably, probably. All I'm, Shea, is, I think his name is. all I'm thinking is King Arthur and um, the what's-his-name from Monty Python. Yeah, that occurred yeah. to me, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Speedwagon monologues about how live, growing up on the streets, he's learnt to smell, um, I assume he means metaphorically. Yeah, hopefully metaphorically. <laughs> Whether or not someone is uh, upright or dishonest. If he's and a snake. Dio smells the worst of anyone he's ever met. Worse than a pile of puke. Yeah, um, that's what the, uh, the sub said. Oh no, what have the dub said? Oh yeah, I really actually liked the uh, figure of speech they used in the dub. He oh, says, no. uh, it's something like, this smell re- reeks of blood and brimstone worse than anyone I've ever met. Blood and... Okay, hang on. How much blood and or brimstone was in the streets of old London? I don't know, maybe he goes volcano spelunking <laughs> and murders people. This is Ario Speedwagon we're talking about. Yeah. You take a rube, you take him to the nearest volcano, which is probably on the continent somewhere. Over there on yep. the continents. Then you shank him with your hat <laughs> and take their riches. Your magic hat that hovers. Yeah. Also, um, we've reached our second Jojo meme as well. Okay. So the first one was, you thought it would be Jonathan, but it was me, Dio. In this one, when Speedwagon introduces himself, a sort of subpar translation of the manga had him introduce himself as the interfering Speedwagon. The interfering Speedwagon. Yeah, he's like, hi, I'm the interfering Speedwagon, as opposed to Speedwagon the Meddler. Oh, okay. But now we have Speedwagon the Meddler in this anime? Yeah. It's not not a recurring term, it's just how he introduces himself. (laughs) I quite like that he calls himself the meddler. Yeah. It's like, of all the things you could introduce yourself as, you introduce yourself as a meddler. Here I am, I'm meddling in your schemes. You're yeah. going to pull the wool over my eyes, mate. <laughs> I'm not even trying to do an accent anymore. It's just happened so naturally with yeah. Arya. In the, in the course of um, tearing down Dio's moral character, he also kicks the candelabra at him and like takes a chunk out of the chair. It's like, come on, Speedwagon, have some respect for Mr. Joestar's property. And I notice, like, Dio doesn't even react or flinch. Yeah. He's just like, oh, okay. He's too tough. He's too streetwise. And then, <laughs> I can't remember exactly why he does this, but Speedwagon's like, one more thing. <laughs> and then he reaches behind the curtain and pulls out Wang Chung, who's also in the room. I went down to Ogre Street and brought this guy along too. He'll testify against you. <laughs> I just love that he found him and has brought him here possibly not of his own will. Yeah. And then he's just like, one more thing, and just pulls him out, and he's there like... Got him by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, it's just like, how did he get him here without him making any noise whatsoever in the first place? Shh, shh, this is going to be really good. We're all going to hide in this room and surprise Dio. <laughs> it's amazing. We're going to ruin his life. Oh, it's so good. And the conversation continues, and then it turns out that George and, like, a dozen cops are also behind the door listening to everything. I think it's like, if you've got George, then the blonde cop. Yeah, the chief inspector or yeah, whatever. the chief guy. He, he's like in the middle, and then there's three more on each side or something. Oh, at least. And you're just like, what? What? 
And it's like the most beautiful entrance because it's like, I've seen enough. And then it just, whoomph, and door opens. all there. George, standing. Jonathan says he gave him the antidote to the poison. Yeah. We skipped over that, but that's not important. He's yeah, going to die anyway. Oh, man. It's so weird when you see it happen. It's not like bad that it happens. It's just very bizarre that he's like, whoomph. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm there. Really loving that word there, aren't you? Look, look. <laughs> It is very bizarre. Though. The title's given you this gift of an adjective to sum up everything that happens. Oh, By true. gum, you'll stick with it. It's like, man, this is such a bizarre adventure of a plotline, isn't it? So then after that, I think we have Dio's plan falling into place. First, there's a bit of, like, banter back and forth, and uh, Wang Chung makes his prophecy. His prophecy? Yeah, he's like, I read Dio's face, and the three moles on his ear say that he has the devil's luck, and he won't die tonight. Yes, that's right. I was wondering if that was actually, like, a superstition, or if that was purely from this show. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I guess it would be a Japanese thing if... Yeah. If it is. It's a pretty nice, like, piece of visual design, just to sort of set, set him apart, I think. Mm, very subtle. But at the same time, maybe a bit too subtle. Yeah. So, now Dio puts his plan into action, which is to ask Jonathan to handcuff him. <laughs> Brilliant plan. Totally not going to see through that. So that lures him in close. Because Jonathan is naive. And Dio starts monologuing about how he underestimated Jonathan and he realised that humanity has weaknesses and he's beholden to these weaknesses. So he's got to go above humanity. Yeah, he could atone or he could reject his humanity. (laughs) Which one do you think he's going to go for, ladies and gentlemen? Pulls the knife out of his sling. (laughs) And then he stabs Joe... Or does he? Yeah. It's like one of those one of those typical shots where you think the, the knife lunges forward, Jonathan flinches, and there's a stabbing noise. And then it's George. Turns out George has intercepted the knife. Ah, oh, George. So sad. So sad. So that basically broke my theory of he was going to pull through. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll... It's just, just a flesh wound. Yeah. Don't worry. He's missing an arm. It's nothing more than a scratch. Dio grabs, like... A swipe of his blood and puts the mask on, and we get a we get a brilliant shot of Dio pointing and laughing while <laughs> stars emanate from him. Yeah, and uh, in the most camp fabulous fashion, and the uh, spikes pierce his brain as they are want to do, and it's oh, it's so beautiful. Then the cops all shoot him, and he flies backwards out the window, <laughs> and the body lands on the ground, and he's just there motionless, and everyone's yeah. like. Well, that was close, wasn't it? Everyone laments the impending death of George Joster. And that's the end of the show. R.I.P. <laughs> Antagonist dead, father dead, Jonathan inherits the estate, and goes on to... I'm going to say die in World War One. Yeah, probably. A lot of rich people did that. Mm-hmm. However, we see soon. Yeah, um, the uh, police officer is like, I should have run Dario out of town back in the day, or this never would have happened. And then we have a flashback. With the ring. Yeah. The inspector reveals that years ago, he arrested Dario for trying to steal Sir Joe Star's ring. But in another Les Mis parallel... Go on. Uh, George, uh, George comes in and was like, oh, did he tell you that I gave it to him? And the cop is like, yeah, that was a pretty bad lie, wasn't it? <laughs> and then he's like, no, it's true. I gave it to him. You should let him go. And then he approaches Dario and is like, take the ring and sell it and use it to feed your family and live an honest life. Which is much like how in Les Mis, uh, Jean Valjean is a con- convict on parole and because he's has to carry his convict papers, no one's giving him a fair go and he's forced to turn back to crime. Yep. Uh, so he steals uh, silverware and yep. is arrested for it from a priest. Yep. And upon finding out, the priest 
tell us the same lie that they were a gift. And he's like, you also forgot the two best pieces, these silver candelabras. Ah. The difference being that Jean Valjean does use this to turn his life around, yeah. whereas Dario continues being an unrepentant piece of shit. <laughs> Just beating his son and being an all-round yeah, douchebag. Turning his wife to an early grave. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan's like, hang in there, Dad. The doctors will save you. Putting <laughs> a lot of confidence into the state of Victorian medicine. Yeah, he is very naive, yeah. isn't he? I'll just do some bloodletting, apply some leeches. <laughs> Once we get the leeches on that blade, we'll get all your blood out, put it back in, you'll be fine. Yeah, well, you've lost a lot of blood, so your humours are going to be out of balance. So we're going to have to remove some of your black bile, too. <laughs> oh, the black bile. Because every single turn of events that has happened thus far, Joe has been very, like, oblivious and naive, which has always been his whole thing. Yeah. Where everyone's like, he's such a naive young man. But he just pulls through by being naive and really strong. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just like, don't worry, Dad, you'll pull through. Which might have actually happened, if not for the next part. What was the next part? Well, I mean, the mansion burning down. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think it's, it's pretty well established that he died. Oh, all right. And his last words, he was like, don't hate Dio. It was my fault. I was too nice to him. I was hard on you because you were a Joestar. Yeah, because you were my true son. Yeah, so maybe Dio felt that I wasn't treating him like a true son. Yeah, it was unfair to him. Bury him with his father. And do you think he meant with Dario or with George? Ooh, see, I thought Dario. But also Dio hated Dario, so that that would be bad for him. Yeah, but it was sort of like a fitting end if it happened. Yeah, and maybe Dio disguised how much he hated Dario from George because he... You know, wanted to be in his good graces. Yeah, true. I can see him being cunning like that. He is a dick, after all. Yeah. He's Deek. Uh, D-I-C. The animation company that made Sailor Moon. Oh, God. Or something like that. Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Oh, I remember that show. <laughs> Speedwagon starts a monologue now. <laughs> what was Speedwagon's monologue? Was it just, the body's gone? No, it's before, just as he, just before he notices the body's gone. Ooh. He, he goes on about, um, how he hates rich people, but the Joe stars oh, are great. Yes. And he starts weeping openly. Yeah. Got another great, uh, dove line here. Oh, no. Says, says, uh, Robert Speedwagon. Rich folks are rubbish. Watching them flounce around, I want to throw the whole lot of them into the Thames, but not the Joe stars. <laughs> I need to watch this dub now. Pretty good. Oh, wow. Don't get ahead of the subs, though. You need to preserve your purity. Yeah. That's amazing. And then in the middle of his emotional monologue, he turns around and notices that the body's gone. (gasps) Gasp. (gasps) Who would have guessed that the mask that we knew created vampires would create a vampire? Now, the thing is, the cop that we met before, this is like his first appearance, and we've gotten attached to him from that one story. Immediately dies. Yep, he's standing by the window, and Dio just sort of puts his hand through his head and cuts it in half. And then it just flops Because Dio is on the ceiling. He's been, he just spends a sort of wild chilling on the ceiling. Now. Yeah. And he's just sort of floating there, and you're like, okay, yeah. you're a vampire now. Yep. He makes the vampire noise that vampires make. He goes, <laughs> which they don't have in the dub. Ooh. They go for a sort of like... <sighs> Hiss, oh, yeah. which is, I guess, a very Western vampire noise. Yeah. I suppose, like, we have... I mean, pretty much throughout all of True Blood and all of, like, the vampire diaries, through all of any, like... Any t- they, like, bare their teeth and hiss. Yeah, they bare their teeth and hiss. Which is fine. It's yeah. Fine. It's very Nosferatu-esque. I think Re is also a, D- a Jojo meme. Jonathan grabs a police officer's gun and is like, Stop, Dio, or I'll shoot. And Dio gets in close and, like... I think he basically, like, puts his head up against the barrel. Yeah. He, like, crunches into that barrel as well. Like, you hear that... Like, weird sound. What are you going to do? I'm Dio. 
I'm immortal, bro. Yeah, try and stop me. And then Ario shoot. Yeah. There's a, a great shot of them standing side by side with their, their pistols pointed at him. And uh, Joe is like shaking frantically. His face of pure evil. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Ario is just like, I shot him. Oh God, it went right through his head, but he's still moving. Yep. Then Dio like drinks his own blood a bit, creeps everyone out. And then he, he drinks a cop. <laughs> yeah. By just like doing that weird finger thing. Sticks his fingers right through his head and sucks everything out. And then I think it's like another cop tries to like come at him and then he throws him. Yeah, Dio gets back on the ceiling and throws the one cop at all the other ones. I mean, basically killing them. Yeah, they just explode. And it also knocks Speedwagon down too. Now this is like the first part where I'm like, man, this is more gory than I thought it would yeah, be. It has a lot of horror elements actually, this yeah. series. Like, there's obviously like that sort of body horror stuff with like... Vampires sucking out blood. Yeah, and like the whole main finger thing. Yeah. But there was generally a pretty high amount of gore in action scenes too. Was that like that in the manga, do you know? Yeah, it was. This is actually the first time I've seen it like that too, because in the initial releases, because I guess Crunchyroll would be using the broadcast versions, it was all censored, so whenever there was like sitting a man of gore, there would just be like a black filter over. Oh, interesting. And you know, gore isn't my favourite thing, so oh, I don't mind either way. But oh, I can yeah. No, see, I'm like a massive... Because I love like any sort of gore horror stuff. But only if it has, like, the psychological backing to right, it. Right, right, right. Because so you know, you're not into, like, Saw or... Oh, no, Saw's great for that sort of oh, okay. stuff. okay. Because, um... Hostel. Hostel was okay. Human centipede. Human centipede less so. Human centipede. Mm, much less so. <laughs> if I join all these spices together. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's the same, I think I said in, like, the first episode, you know, like, good slapstick is, like, a good fight scene. Yeah. Where you need, like, that backing to it. Yep, sure. Good horror. This is why Saw's really good. They have bits, even though it's not very subtle, but they have bits where they're like, cool, you like doing this thing. Like, you like shooting up things. So in order to get... Shoot up all the heroin in the world! Yeah. So they're just like, in order to get out of the house and find the key that you need, you're going to have to jump into this pit of needles and then find Dang. the key. Ugh, I would it's... not enjoy that. Yeah, no, it's brutal. But like, basically, like, it's just, it has a good psychological element behind it. So you're like... Oh, like heavy rain, but yeah. better. Yeah, but better. It doesn't have that many glitches in it. And a nonsensical... This isn't a gaming podcast. (laughs) (laughs) JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Speedwagon says, He broke those coppers to pieces like they was bleeding twigs. I need to watch this dub so much. (laughs) And then Jonathan sort of has like a Phoenix Wright moment where he deduces everything that's happening. (laughs) Oh yeah, in that magical moment of clarity. Yeah. The mask, my research, unknown powers, unknown strength, unknown abilities... And he just, he pieces everything together. Yeah. I think the first thing he said is like, the blood has turned him into a vampire. And I'm like, I'm sorry, go back. Well, he figures out yeah. that apparently the thing with the mask is by selectively piercing certain points in your brain, it unlocks your brain's true potential. Yeah. Which is sort of, sort of veering towards that we only use 20% of our brain or whatever. Yeah, not a massive fan of it. But, but it doesn't same explicitly time. say it, so I'm fine with it. Yeah. At the same time, it unlocks the brain's potential. You ever see that movie Limitless where Bradley Cooper yeah. takes the Limitless pill and becomes yeah. a vampire? Yeah, I did. Wait, a vampire? No, I'm making a joke. Oh. I'm going to kill you to yes and me. <laughs> Thing is or that, that movie, not Salt, the other one. Um, chef? Starring Bradley Cooper. Human Centipede. There's a movie called Burnt starring Bradley Cooper as a chef. It was on this week's Flophouse. It was really bad, apparently. Oh, good. Oh, um, wait, maybe I'm not thinking. That movie, Lucy, yeah, where she unlocks 100% of her brain and is oh, also an assassin or something. with ScarJo. Yeah. Wasn't that also... ScarJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, wasn't that quite bad? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, apparently, like, the setup is, like, the first 10 minutes and then from then on it's like, cool, action sequences. And you're like, okay. 
I think it's one of those things that was fine as like an action movie, but like the plot slash science wasn't really there. I haven't seen it though. So as the zombie cop, which has reanimated, is crawling towards Speedwagon and is going to like peel his skin off or drink his blood, depending Gosh, on whether yeah. you're watching the sub or the dub, <laughs> Jojo deduces that since the mask unlocks the power of your brain, if you destroy the brain, you can still kill him. And he grabs a spear from a nearby suit of armor. And he tries to murder the shit out of Dio. Well, first thing, he was the cop. Oh, yeah, true. He, like, slices his head in half. Yeah, slams it yeah. right through his brain. And Ario's just lying there going, Aah! as you do. <laughs> then Dio is like, Jojo! Oh, yes, the first massive Jojo. Yeah, he really starts chewing the scenery now that he's a vampire. <laughs> he, It's so beautiful as well. The overacting involved is just on point. They try to fight a bit, but Dio's too strong. He pierces through his hand with the spear. Yep. And then I think he breaks the spear in half. And, like, and drives like, it into... Yeah, it, like, lodges itself in Jonathan's right shoulder? One of his shoulders. Yeah, one of his shoulders. And then he jumps over Jonathan and gloats for a bit. And then when he turns around, the room is empty again. Incredible. So he, tra- he tries to sniff him out. Which he can do because he's a vampire. Yeah, uh, smell yeah, blood. Just yeah. like Speedwagon can smell sin. <laughs> <laughs> he can smell bad guys. Yep. Deer can smell everything. So he thinks Jonathan's behind this curtain and he approaches it. And then there's a <laughs> then, pool yeah. of blood. But then when he pulls the curtain away, it turns out it wasn't Jonathan behind the curtain. It was a lot of fire. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, fire. Vampire's one weakness. And actually, interesting, in the dub when he's approaching that curtain, mm-hmm. he, you remember I brought up Hamlet last week? Uh, yes, yeah. As in the dub, when he's approaching the curtain, he's like, you're behind the curtain like Polonius. And like Polonius, it is there you shall meet your end. Ooh. Which is exactly what happens in Hamlet. Ooh. So I think my literary illusions are on point. <laughs> well played, well played. If I had any, I'd... <laughs> Jonathan's plan is to burn down the mansion and destroy Dio in the process because Hot fire... Plan. Hurts things a lot. <laughs> Top plan, buddy. Top plan. We see why he's burning down the whole mansion later. Because they go up to the roof. Yeah. Well, also, the initial amount of fire wasn't enough to burn yeah. through his his immortality. Yeah, because Dio's regenerating while he's burning. Yeah. And Ario's like, oh, he's regenerating while he burns! Then yeah. Jonathan's like, get the heck out of here, Speedwagon. What? But he's immortal! He does a sick flip to the second floor. <laughs> and it's incredible. Yeah, and then... The last shot you see of it is actually his ass. Yeah. And you're like... 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's sculpted. Dio starts walking up the wall. Which makes perfect sense because he's a vampire. He cocks his hip sort of lazily and like drives his feet into the masonry and just walks up. It should be noted there are a lot more poses happening now. Yeah. Or at least not so much more. More Dio poses. Yeah, more incredible poses. Like when he first unveils that he's immortal, he's like at the window and as he's like getting the scar on his cheek. Oh yeah, that's a really nice touch you pointed out. Yeah. As, as in a vampire, he like... Jumps back through the window and the glass cuts his cheek. And that's there for a couple of shots, but then it heals up. Yeah, it's amazing. That one pose, his hip is like out further than anything we've ever seen. The great thing about being able to heal is you can dislocate your joints a lot for posing purposes and they'll just heal right back up. It's fantastic. And then it happens again here where he's just like walking along, like, ah, yes. Jonathan will get his own posing upgrade in the next few episodes. Yes. (laughs) I'm so happy. As long as we get shit tons of poses, we'll be happy. We get our first Muda Muda Muda. <laughs> right, what is this Muda Muda Muda? Okay, so it's like the sort of closest thing to a catchphrase that Dio would have. He has a catchphrase. Well, no, it's a phrase he uses a lot. All right. It's um, Japanese for useless. So oh. he, he is declaring that their attempts to stop him are useless. 
or just really fast. Yeah, and it makes a few appearances in this part, but it becomes more prominent in the future. Okay, all right. I'm going to forget, but I'm going to watch out for it. So the lower half of the mansion explodes, throwing Speedwagon out. He narrates for a bit, uh, starting to fulfill the only role he'll fulfill from this point, <laughs> basically. One of he does a couple of other things, on. but from this point, he just is the most charismatic standby narrator. <laughs> as long as he knows what's happening, you're all good. Yeah, I noticed that uh, he hasn't done that much except for pointing out that Dio's a dick, which we kind of already yeah. knew. He's basically a device so that they don't have to do that anime thing where people will, like, narrate their attacks. Uh, oh, but that's beautiful, though. Oh, it's lame. Ah, oh, no. See, this is the thing, right? It still happens a bit, though, but... Yeah, like, if people narrate their own attacks, it's just like, oh, that's so anime. It just... it really slows down the flow when people are being, like, surprisingly verbose when performing. <laughs> but the thing is, in this, it's, like, surprisingly verbose taken to the extreme, right? But a lot of the stuff we're seeing in, like, when people are being verbose in action scenes, it's, like, internal monologue. Because yeah. they aren't ha- trying to explain to people around them what's going on, too. Yeah, that's true. Speedwagon is doing that for us. True, true. I suppose, um... Because, like, I really like Trigun, where one of the things that happens in that is there's, like, a whole bunch of these evil guys... Um, that are like, yeah, we're part of the Elite Six or whatever it is. The Elite Four. Yeah. So the Elite Four basically each have like their own power slash Pokemon that they use. Yep. And Professor Oaks at the end. Yeah. And Trigun slash Ash is like, yeah, I have to figure out how to beat them all because they're going to just keep killing people if I don't stop them. So the whole point is him like saying in his own head, wait, but he can move faster than the speed of light? That doesn't make any sense. So it's just him like thinking okay, it through. Okay. And then he explains it to them. Once he beats them, how he figured it out. Right, okay. Which is, like, really cool because it's like, no, I figured you out. And then doesn't kill them because he can't kill people. I guess to an extent some of it is also, it's due to making the transition from a stationary medium, like comics, to a a moving medium. Yeah. Where, like, for example, in a comic you might have someone being like, gasp, the building is falling towards me, I have to jump out of the way. And just standing there saying that. Yeah, true. I suppose if there's, like time involved you kind of want to be like okay yeah. keep, in fact keep going. there's a there's a point in a future jojo part where the amount of seconds that are passing is like sort of crucial and because there's a lot of conversation happening in those points it's really impossible to convey in a real-time sense so they just didn't yeah. even try which i'm fine with yeah it's beautiful the thing is like later in this episode when they're falling hang on we'll get to that yeah okay so they climb to the roof yes they get to the roof and the building is burning to shit. Yep. Jonathan's plan is to, like, because the fire wasn't strong enough, lure Dio to the top, and then, once the fires are much bigger in the house, kick him back down into it. And then make sure that he dies in the fire. Yep. But, uh... Actually, I really like how grounded this... This is a crazy fight with a vampire. Is but it? <laughs> I like how, crazy acrobatics aside, Jonathan's can only do things a guy can do in this, and he's yeah. still just giving it his all. It still makes sense in the universe of like, oh yeah, but I'm not like a superhero. Like, yeah. Sure. He is a, he's, you know, Sylvester Stallone, but he isn't Superman yet. Yeah. He hasn't quite gotten any crazy power. He hasn't Goku'd himself out yet. Yeah. He hasn't cut off his tail. Yeah. Until you cut off the tail, you don't become a better saint. Cut off the tail of the snake and the head dies. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful analogy. Does anything interesting happen on the roof, or do they just fight a bit? Um, actually, I don't think anything happens on the roof. Dio bursts up from the floor, be- well, the floor of the roof behind Jonathan. Oh yeah, dislodging the spear. Yeah, pretty good yeah, shot. Yeah, true. But that's basically that's literally the only thing that happens yeah, on the then roof. Then they go back on in. Yep, and then Jonathan like smashes them through the roof, and this is where things start getting very, very anime. 
They're falling down what appears to be an infinite story building. Yep. It's like always on fire everywhere. But they're just sort of saying like, Ah, I've broken his shoulders to dust. If only I knew how to defeat him. There's nothing I would like more than to see him die and all that sort of stuff. But it goes like, for like 10 minutes. The best Dio line action. where he knocks Jonathan down and sticks his own fist in the wall. He's like, goodbye, Jojo. <laughs> uh, but Jonathan, despite being knocked down, demonstrates quick thinking and athleticism. He pulls the spear out and jams it into the wall. Which apparently he just had on him. Well, it was on his shoulder. Well, I thought it like flicked off into the roof. I don't think so. Oh, all right, never mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> then he jams into the wall, flips up onto it, then jumps up at Dio. But he doesn't jump quite far enough. <gasps> Luckily, he was wearing a belt. <laughs> that day, he made the correct decision for fashion. Yeah. And then he, like, takes it off. In one, one it, like, smooth motion. And then uses it as a whip yeah. to grab like, sort of lassoes his ankles. <laughs> and he's like... A sort of running theme with the JoJo's is that because you want to have humour outside of the fight situations, uh, but have them display some competence and be able to win what are often very, like, conflicts based on being able to figure out what your opponent's trying to do. Yeah. It's important that they are often sort of slow thinkers, or bad at slow thinking, but really good at quick thinking. Good on the spot, bad in the exam room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe really good in exams, really bad on like assignments, <laughs> where they just walk in the exam and go, oh, how will I know what the answer is? But of course, I know what the answer is. <laughs> and then pulls out. I just one. have to believe that my answer is correct. Yeah, he has enough determination to write down something, turns out it's the yeah. right answer. So he whips him down yep. and forces his fist out of the wall. Grabs him around the waist. Yep. With the determination of his father. Despite Dio, like, breaking his shoulders by smashing both of his arms down on them. He smashed them to dust. Yeah, with his sick vampire strength. Jonathan sort of, like, prays for his dad to help. About five, maybe eight minutes have passed of them falling. Yep. Well, to be fair, Jonathan's gone up and down a couple of times. Okay, yeah, but... Uh, at the same time, it's only a, like, two-story mansion. Starting from the roof. Oh, God. <laughs> it's fun. Um, again, another one of those things from the transition to... Yeah, yeah. Static to animated. Time is, like, an illusion. Yeah. Stationary stuff. Even then, you didn't have, like, slow-moving bodies. It's, like, really fast-moving and over-the-top, which is very anime, which I can appreciate. Because either you go, like, quite realistic, where you slow down everything and time moves really slow and everything's moving, like, at a nice slow rate, and you go, okay, this is what I'm thinking at this moment in time. Or you just go full out anime and you just like have lines going like up and yeah. down vertically. Kanji's jumping off everyone. Yeah, and it's just like, okay. Until well, they're menacing. Yeah, uh, but like then you get the idea, okay, time has just become quite irrelevant. Yep. <laughs> Namek was going to explode in five minutes three episodes ago. Yeah, it's like, it's all irrelevant now. It's fine. The narrator informs us that Jonathan has a moment of like either divine inspiration or familiarity with his house. Yep. And he kicks out and he strikes the wall, putting them directly in the path of... The statue that we've seen prominently in the foyer a couple of times. The guardian angel. Yeah, apparently of the family's guardian angel. And it impales Dio, trapping him in the inferno. And he burns to a crisp. Yeah, and he monologues as he's burning up about how he shouldn't have underestimated Jojo again. Those damn humans. Again, another really good, like not even a sort of kooky, funny dub expression, but I think I really liked the writing of this line where they had Dio uh, exclaim, I forgot who I was dealing with, bloody his nose, and he comes back twice as fierce. Ah. Which is both, you know, bloodying someone's nose is an expression that you would use, yeah. but also refers back to the time where Hunted they fought, nose. and he bloodied his nose with his elbow, yeah. rubbed it in, yeah. but, but then he beat him up. <laughs> Probably not the best analogy, but at the same time. But I think it's quite apt. Yeah. So uh, Joestar Manor burns up, ideally taking away Dio's evil with it, which reminds me... <laughs> 
I, me- I mentioned this briefly to you beforehand. Yeah. Reminds me of what I've heard is the original ending to the manuscript of Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. in which after Dracula is destroyed, a volcano erupts under his lair. <laughs> Because only cleansing fire can undo the evil of a vampire. <laughs> I'm sorry, hang on. There was a volcano under his lair the whole time. Yep. Oh my god. Did okay. not make it into the final draft. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Just literally the most deus ex machina thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. What's that sound? It's a volcano. Says what? I, Van Helsing. <laughs> What's that? Is that real? Is that really a thing? I have heard it's real. Would you like me to fact check it? No, I, I mean, I'm willing to believe it. But what the what? <laughs> There are some things that you'd be willing to say, okay, maybe, like, this is alright. A volcano under Dracula's thing. In Transylvania. In Transylvania? I don't know if that has a record of volcanoes. Not really. (laughs) When was the last time you thought, ah, yes, volcanoes. Hawaii, Japan, Transylvania. That's only because everyone just thinks of Transylvania as Dracula country. It's true, it's true. Or, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. I don't really like that movie very much. You gotta get into the spirit for it. Mm, like, I know it, it provided... This is not the time or place for this, but uh, <laughs> I understand it, impl- it provided, like, a nice social lifeline to people yeah. in repressed... It's like The Room, where it's like... like it's not a good film, but everyone sort of bands around it. But also, like, because people at the time didn't have a lot of ways to deal with, like, being gay. Uh, it gave them sort of an outlet, outlet for that sort of culture. It was good. It was a good time. At the same time... That man. Mm. Tim Curry? Oh yeah. You know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Mm. Tim Curry could play... I'd probably cast him as live-action Speedwagon. Oh, yes. Oh, I would watch that. Who would be Dio? No, make Tim Curry Dio. Mm, but he's getting on in years. He would do it. He might be wheelchair-bound these days, actually. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. But I think Tim Curry would make a good Speedwagon. In, like, the later years? Dio, someone, like, I don't know, Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum. No, he could only play Jojo. Chris Evans? Ooh. Ooh, maybe. Maybe. He's pretty good at being loud and proud. Yeah. Oh, although, he's played Captain America too much, but people see him as a bad guy. Oh, Chris Evans. No, I meant the other Chris. Thor Chris. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah, he does have a bit of a mullet, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, and he's Australian. Everyone Just like Australian. Dio. Oh, dude. You can tell Dio is Australian because he's a British criminal. What a dick. <laughs> Alright, so then, uh, Dio dies... Also, we think. Yep, burns up. Uh, end of episode. Oh. Um, Question mark. <laughs> Jonathan's outside. He survives. Speedwagon's like, you did it. The rain. Yeah, the rain starts Steam boring. rise from the mansion. So when some characters die in future parts, particularly like Joestar characters, you see steam rising from their bodies or smoke. And I'm wondering if that's either like a Japanese cultural association with death or a visual callback to like the mansion and therefore like their family's history being destroyed. I don't know. I mean, I've never heard that being a thing although in dragon ball z there was a lot of like although when people die in dragon ball z they've often just been hit by energy beams yeah which i imagine would be quite hot yeah <laughs> no i don't know i reckon that might just be like a motif they're using yeah but i don't know i'll check it i mean i won't but i might <laughs> book report time yeah so uh the credits happen we didn't really talk about them last time very much but it's it's roundabout yeah roundabout beautiful song yeah. by yes and the oh. visuals are sort of like an Aztec mural explaining how vampires work through, like, artifice. Yeah, I never even noticed. I was always like, this looks cool. It's like a trail of blood flowing through it. Yeah. And, for example, we see a, a symbol implying the sun, and one of its beams is cutting through the neck of a figure who has the head of the mask. And then it ends on blood filling up around the mask. Which, which I mean, then, is a bit more obvious. Yeah. Which I got. I was like, oh, blood. But then, post credit scene. <gasps> Wang Chung is there. And he's a zombie. Not yet. 
Isn't he? No, he's rooting through the ruins of the manor. Oh, I thought he was a zombie. No, because Dio grabs him and drinks him. Oh, uh, yeah, true. If you see him again, then yeah, you know he's a zombie. Yeah, then he's a zombie. Yeah. So Dio's alive. Yeah. Not well, but nope. he's alive. He's like got charred black skin and you yeah. see... I assume it's nighttime, otherwise he would have burnt up. I think it's just because, like, he's under rubble. Yeah. And it's raining. End of episode. Dun dun dun. Sweet arrow to be continued. So we're gonna, also going to do a sort of highlight lowlight thing to wrap up each episode now. Uh, did anything jump out at you as particularly good or particularly okay. bad about this episode? All right. The highlight had to be falling through a two-story mansion over the course of eight minutes. Yep. Because, like, there is nothing I love more than being like, reality? <laughs> no. We have a thing we want to do. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, th- the mansion was not that tall. I love all of this. Give me more. The low light for me was probably Ario Speedwagon's like one thing that he does because there wasn't enough of him. There was just him being like, light match. He's a snake. And then that's it. He's a named character. You now. better get used to that. Uh, okay. All right. My highlight, I'm, I'm going to say it's when Dio pulled away the curtain to reveal fire. Because I was just, <laughs> where did Jonathan actually go? I mean, like, I think he hid behind the curtain and then Aria just had a lantern with him. Oh, yeah, that can make sense. Where'd he get the lantern from? Or a candle, perhaps. Who cares? And low light. I'm going to steal this from the joke you made before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> it was good. all the same ad over and over again on Crunchyroll. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? We were watching it on Crunchyroll and every single time we're watching it on Crunchyroll... It's like three ad breaks per episode. Yeah, but it's always the same ad yeah. every single time. We got to see the same ad for... It was like a TV commercial or something? Yeah, it's like this dude vacuuming while his, I assume, wife watches. Yeah, and, and then the he TV falls, falls off and... Yeah, he goes and buys the TV, TV and they buy a TV. Yeah, I think it was a Samsung ad. That was the only ad we saw. We saw Bad Neighbours 2 once. Yeah. Out of like 12 ads. I want... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's pretty poor advertising yeah. policy. Because we were like, okay, we've already seen the ad. Continuing to wrap things up. Oh, yeah. Nick. Yes. What's going to happen next time on oh, JoJo's no. Bizarre Adventure? <laughs> okay, so Dio is not dead, but his body is all charred and messed up. Dio, in his cunning, is going to start making an army. Okay. Uh, or like a gang or something. Because, I mean... A biker gang. Yeah, he's he started... He noticed that, like, when vampires suck people's blood out, they become zombies. So now he's just going to start making, like, a zombie army. But then, obviously, JoJo's just going to fuck that shit up somehow. I mean, if he can, I don't know. Maybe he will get away with building the army. I don't know. <laughs> bad ending. <laughs> yeah, bad ending. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going to happen to Dio. He's just going to, like, chill in the background in his charred body. Yep. Although it'll probably heal up. Meanwhile, Jojo's going to be over there just being all like, Ario, I need help with my, all of my broken limbs. I'm homeless now. <laughs> yeah. And Ario will be like, you can come stay with me now. I'll teach you the ways of the warrior. Speedwagon manner. <laughs> I was rich all the time. The whole time, I actually had this secret underground base. Moon base. Secret <laughs> underground moon base. <laughs> yeah, so he's just gonna, you know, take him in and just be like, hey, guess what? You're mine now. Or something. Okay. Uh, and Jojo's gonna be like, Dio's dead. Oh. And then maybe the army will attack Ario and Jojo. Yeah, and then that'll be like the episode. Just when you think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in. Yeah, Jojo will be like, What? Nani? How could this happen? <laughs> he goes and finds Dio. Or maybe Dio just, just like, nah, fucking kill him in his sleep. Yeah, just just walks up and smothers him with a pillow. Nah, nah, I reckon Dio would have to be a bit more like, I'm gonna make an army, I'm gonna murder him, I'm gonna murder the rest of London, I'm gonna be the... Ro- oh, didn't he say he was gonna go for world domination as well? When, um, when they were on the roof, I think he was saying, I'm more powerful than you'll ever be, I'll rule the world. Only a master of evil, Dio. Yeah. 
So maybe he'll just make an army that just dominates the world. Maybe he'll just suck every living being in London and turn them into... Okay, that came out wrong. He'll just suck the blood of every living being in London and then make them his pawns and then, you know, just take over the world. And Jojo might mess that up. All right. That's my prediction. Given how well I did last time. Finally, uh, going to give us the episode scorecard. The episode scorecard? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start doing some little stats to take us out in each episode. Ah, uh, true. So we're three episodes in. We've had two dead dogs, one dead Joestar, one female character, like a dozen dead policemen, <laughs> one uh, mansion destroyed, and one zombie defeated. Dude, we're already off to a good start. Yeah. If you like the show, you can email us at uh, jojospodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music was... Humoresque Remix? Yes. By Dvorja. You'll get it, don't worry. Humoresque Remix by Dvorja. Yep, by TPRMX. Uh, find that on YouTube or our website. And uh, if you like the show, consider telling a friend or rating and reviewing us on iTunes. That's how you help new people find it. Hey, new people. That yeah. sounds like a novel concept. I think we've got a pretty decent listener base considering we've only had two episodes out. Yeah, you guys are alright. Yeah, we like you. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> We'll treat you with respect when we meet you in person. Well. (laughs) All right, then. Any other closing business or are we good to go? I'm good. I'm great. All right. See you next time on JoJo's World. Bye.